2: Hey friends, while we're still hard at work on your next trip to Redline, we'd like to recommend a new mystery podcast that takes you to the rural English countryside. Don't mind. After his brother goes missing on a UK hiking trip, American Neil Mitchell must leave his comfort zone to search for his brother at his last known location, Cruxmont, England. While there, Neil meets Dr. Gwen Kingston, Joa Ando from Bridgerton and the Witcher, a neurologist with her own goal in mind, finding the source of an unrecognizable miracle drug traced back to the village of Cruxmont. Something strange and possibly dangerous is happening, and it's a race against time to find out what secrets Cruxmont is hiding. Don't Mind is created by Fool and Scholar Productions, the same award-winning team behind the White Vault and Dark Dice. And if you enjoy creepy, authentic audio, you'll appreciate the unsettling soundscapes recorded on-site in actual mines, fields, and pubs. Find all 14 episodes of Don't Mind, Cruxmont, however you listen to podcasts. Or find out more about the show at DontMindPodcast.com. Subscribe now and uncover the secrets of Cruxmont. Do you have a specific memory or a series of memories that you think of often? And if so, what is it about them that makes you return to them?
1: For a long time, I did um, hospital accompaniment for the Boston Area Rape Crisis Center. So I would show up to uh, the hospital just to support any survivor there when they were getting um, a forensic kit done. And I remember there was one particular case pretty early on uh, where there was this woman who just had she had so much going on, even just outside the what had happened and what she was going through. um so many issues. And I ended up being there for something like seven hours because she was she was just having a lot of trouble getting through everything. And I remember feeling at the end, you know, I was just getting ready to leave that I just felt like, what did I do here? I didn't do anything. I didn't help this person. Um, I felt kind of useless. But uh, right before I left, she, I said I was l- giving my little leaving speech, and she came over and she gave me this huge hug, and she said, you yeah, know, thank you so much. You have no idea what it meant to me that you were here. And so I think of that, I think I come back to that a lot because um, just, first of all, just like not knowing your own impact sometimes, that, that reminder that um, we all do a lot more than we think. And also, just whenever I <laughs> screw something up, I have that memory of like, well, you got that one right. <laughs> that was one thing that you you always got right. Previously, in Greater Boston...
3: Luisa Alvarez, just a letter here for you.
1: But Wendell
0: needs to know so badly that he goes behind my back to ask you.
4: It's preventing a relationship you
5: know you really care about to move forward.
0: It's like he's too connected, too many
5: lives, too many thoughts.
6: Except to me. Except to Nika, thanks to you.
7: Hey, pal, can you spare
8: a nickel?
6: You think you can bring me a sandwich?
8: Another shore awaits my priceless gifts. I'll take New York on Legion's dime. You're leaving? You can't leave.
9: Braintree
6: Peabody, Third Side, Holber, rank, a plane. the Underground, a well Trolley it's Line, going. Guys, Well, I'm Station, This is this is this is Greater Boston.
2: This week in Greater Boston, Episode Forty Nine: Token Tower Doll and Document. Do you have a specific memory or series of memories you think of often? And what is it about them that makes you think of them?
9: I will say my childhood. I had an amazing childhood, actually.
8: (laughs) The first movie I ever remember seeing, my brother showed to me when I was four years old. uh, And it is the film Child's Play, the origin for Chucky, the, the, the murdering doll who, you know, comes to life and torments this little boy i think back so much to going to podcon in 2017 and 2019 absence of articulation
10: clear articulation because english is my second language
1: i was like eight um and my parents had brought us to the beach and i was sitting there making dribble castles you take like wet sand and you just kind of let it like fall off of your fingers and it makes these really cool little like droplet shapes, and it dries, like, pretty instantly. Uh, so you have these, like, really cool, like, gloopy-looking castles, and you can get huge for, you know, an eight-year-old towers. Being with a family, that's something I always replay of, like,
9: spending time and laughing and enjoying it and stuff. And so, like, now that we're all older and stuff and have moved away, it's like, I don't get that as much as I used to.
8: Of course, my brother was like, I'm going to show this movie to my younger sibling, and I'm just—I'm just gonna scare the shit out of them, and it didn't work. I'm—I'm I'm not. I was not afraid of the movie at four. I'm still not. Uh, it did kickstart my love for horror movies. So jokes—jokes uh, jokes on you, Jonathan. You—you failed.
1: Uh, and it looks so like strange and foreign because it's just like gravity and sand doing the work. Like it's not any like real architecture.
10: Oh my god! I should have used this word. They will understand me better. Or. I didn't have to spend this much time on it.
1: I think a lot about um, the births of my nieces and nephews. Uh, my oldest nephew is like 23 and I don't feel like we're that far apart, like I literally looked at him the other day and was like, you're such a handsome young man. I still look like this. I still look this good. I was like, <laughs> you've gotten so much older and I was like, and I look like this, <sighs> Lord is good.
8: Meeting so many of the, the colleagues that I, I kind of built up. Making podcasts over some years was uh, really one of the, the, the highlights of my uh, uh, career making podcasts. And I think so much about that there won't be another.
1: I was like sitting there and I was, uh, I just like had the thought while I was making it, like, this is it. For the rest of my life, I just want to do stuff like this. I want to make stuff.
0: God damn you, Tate
4: Ah, uh, let me guess uh, you finally read it,
0: yeah yeah i, I finally opened it,
4: yeah, I'm sorry about that.
0: What are you sorry about it It was beautiful, and of course you're right, and
4: ah, uh, I'm an apoloholic. What can I say better than booze?
0: Well, say anything but sorry i I have to say I'm sorry, I'm the sorry one and. And I did. I wrote this whole thing out, and I sent it because I needed to get my thoughts in order, but then I remembered your letter, and even though I was clearly pushing you away the other day, I needed you. I needed my best friend. So after sending your letter, I, I, I read yours, and and I realized I needed to apologize with more urgency.
3: Mr. Tate, I presume.
4: Oh, uh, okay, one sec. Uh, someone is standing outside the Rockport hello
3: there Mr. Tate don't mean to be disturbing the cheese (laughs) but uh I got a letter here for you oh uh, uh
4: do I know you?
3: no but I sure know you delivered your letters all over town quite the story you had from what I picked up yes sir quite the pickle oh
4: um
0: the hell?
3: you read my mail? oh no course not. I would never... I... I wouldn't violate the... Oh, the sacred... No! No, no, not me. Not Bernie.
4: No. I had other people read it. Ah, uh, you had other people read my mail? To you? Well, they were...
3: They were the people I was delivering to. Uh, they read it to me out loud,
4: and, uh... uh so, like... All... The letters I sent, um, as I was, uh, dying at Third Side Media, you, you delivered all of them, and heard all of them? Yep. Uh, so, like, Louisa Alvarez, for example.
0: Michael, I, I would never.
4: Oh, no. Not her, no. There were a few folks who said no. Uh-huh. So you asked. You, you asked if you could hear them read my mail. Uh,
3: some? Well,
4: I, uh, sometimes I didn't
3: ask. But then I started getting curious, you see, the more I heard. It's not like I said, read this to me at first, but some of them just did. And I stuck around, and the more I stuck around, the more curious I got. Those letters really moved people. Most people. Hard to move Wanda, I suppose.
0: What is going on?
3: Anyway... I got this letter for you, and by no means do I want to hear it. No, sir, not a word. Here you go.
4: Louisa Alvarez. What? That's who it's from. What? Yeah. Says Michael Tate, Cheese Rockfort number 4, Wonderland, Revere, Massachusetts.
0: I, I I literally just mailed that a few hours ago. That's impossible. I didn't think it would it would make it because this can't be a real address. Uh, do you want me to read
4: it? Uh I guess I
3: should be going, right? No. No? Oh. Well uh, okay. I'll stay if you're sure.
0: I can't stand hearing you read what I wrote. Total cringe. I'll just say it, okay? But 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 keep postal Pete there. I have some questions for him.
4: Oh, hey. She wants you to stay. Who? Louisa.
3: Oh. Oh. So she called you and wrote a letter? Does she want to hear you
4: read it?
0: No. no. No, I know. I just want to know what's up with your supersonic mailman powers. Uh,
4: she just wants to know what's up with your supersonic mailman powers. Uh, speaking of that, uh,
3: need to get moving if I'm gonna deliver the rest of this bag before sunset. Bye
4: now. Wait. Oh, whoa. Uh, okay, well, he's gone. Jeez, he, he is the fastest mail carrier I have ever seen.
0: What the hell?
4: I, he, like, he, like, down near teleported. Oh, we should write a story on him.
0: Okay, um, that was weird. Anyways, l- let me just apologize to you over the phone, and then you can decide to read that later, or burn it, or use it as a coaster, I-, I, I don't know.
4: Louisa, I would never use your mail as a coaster.
0: Um, I, I, listen, I'm, I'm sorry. I was truly acting like a selfish asshole, and... And, and and it was my shit that I never processed. That's why. You know, I, I don't like talking about my family because... Okay, so growing up, growing up, I had this doll. I think it was supposed to be a rabbit, but one of his ears got cut off at some point, and so I thought of him more like a dog with a ponytail. A pony pup. I called him Bunt. Okay, don't laugh. That you That was just a little kid name. But he was like my security stuffy, and when I could feel the coldness between my parents settle in, like an invisible glacier sliding into place, I, I would go to my room, I'd read a book, and I'd cuddle with Bunt. He would make me feel better, and it's easy to love someone when they're not real, and when they don't have a choice. You know, they, re- they receive so much love from you that you fill in the blanks until you feel like that love is reflected back. But as I got older, my parents kind of pressed me to get rid of Bunt. So I told them I would. I, I told them I did. But I hid him. I hid him under my bed, in the bottom of my hamper, shoved into the corners of my closet. And, and as I grew up, I started taking things out on him. You know, when I could, when I could feel that glacier between my parents, you know, just sensed it, I'd throw Bunt, punch him, knock him against the walls, You know, there was never any concrete conflict, no big fight, just this ever-present anger, sadness, and it would sometimes slip out. You know, the masks would fall, and there would be this flare-up of a temper. Volcanic eruption would melt away the glacier, you know, (laughs) leaving a hazy cloud of steam you couldn't see through. But it was also brief. It, it it didn't feel real. So I'd cuddle with Bunt in secret, and, and out of nowhere, I'd throw him against the wall. Stomp on him. <laughs> Rip some of his stuffing out. Then go back to cuddling. I mean, I don't know why I did this. I, I didn't think much of it at the time, you know? It was just a stuffed animal. But when my parents found out that I still had Bunt, I didn't get into trouble, but they asked me why I lied. I shrugged. They said nothing. And I threw them out. And that was that. Except it wasn't that. You know, I, I, I didn't even think about it until this morning, but... You know, I, I probably picked up on a lot of how they were acting. And I acted that way, too. Act that way, too. I avoid conflict and just just let things build up sometimes until I get so angry I can't stand it and I don't know what I'm saying. I got scared, Michael, about a few things, but about repeating the same mistakes they did and and I saw you as someone who was trying to talk me into conflict, which wasn't even true. I've never had a best friend. I always thought that was kind of like a, a default of mine. But it's the same reason I've always struggled with this kind of intimacy. I, I, I just don't let people get that close. Because once that happens, not only can I get hurt, uh, I'm afraid I'll treat them the way my parents treated each other. And I can't stand that thought. And especially now when I see the patterns of behavior in me that I saw in them, I'm, I'm just scared shitless even more. I can't throw you out like I did Bunt. Not if I'm a good friend. And I can't do that with Wendell either. And that doesn't excuse anything I did or said. I'm I'm just trying to explain myself while, while thanking you, you know, thanking you so much for, I don't know, hopefully forgiving me. Either way, I I love you. I love you so much.
4: Okay, okay. First of all, I love you too. Second of all, thank you for opening up to me. I know that was hard. But I need to tell you something. My father was an alcoholic. My brother was an alcoholic. I am an alcoholic. But I'm not drinking. I'm not going to drink, because I recognize those patterns for what they are, and I'm actively fighting against them. And you can, too. I know you can, because I believe in you. You don't need a bunt. You've got this. You're the strongest person I have ever met. But also, I am with you, and I always will be. Even when you throw me across the room, stomp on me and stuff me in the trash. Ugh
0: God damn it, why are you so good?
4: Oh, well, that's because I work out. Uh at the good gym? Yeah. You you walk in, it's just practice advice, train up on holding out compliments, life lessons, life goals, plans, things like that. Shut up. Do you even nice bro?
0: Stop. Okay. Alright, now there's a few people I need to check in with. Mmm. Wendell? Yeah. I'm dreading that call because it's going to be ugly. But before I call him, I think I need to call my parents.
4: How long has it been?
0: Well, let's just say they still think I'm a wedding photographer.
11: What are you doing here? Come to gloat?
5: No. I know you've had a lot of visitors lately.
11: Sure. Michael, Louisa, Dimitri, all came to say goodbye.
5: Is that what you want?
11: Well, it's not like I really have a choice, do I?
5: It's so weird. What is? The window. I can see a trace of my own reflection. It's like superimposed over your face.
11: Oh, right. I noticed that the first time my brother came to visit. I got used to it, I guess. What are you doing here?
5: I... I owed you a visit.
11: Thanks, I guess, but you're not exactly on the top of my visitation list. Not from me. What?
5: The visit isn't from me.
11: Did... Did something happen to Dimitri?
5: No. He's fine. Sorry. I'm not, um... I didn't have a game plan for this. I walked for a long time... Above ground, through red line, through it all, I kept coming back to the same conclusion. I had to come here and tell you. I had to.
11: Tell me what? Are, are you like trying to apologize or something?
5: Or something. Back when I f- first found out about what you were doing with Emily, I was angry at you. I couldn't forget the moment I held on to my baby as a redline train we were on crashed into a tank of hot molasses. Or the moment my wife and child were almost scalded by hot baked beans. Or the moment I heard my best friend was nearly blinded by tea. <laughs> Do you hear that? That this is how tragedy happens. I'm still angry with you about that, but that wasn't all of it. Do you do you know why I think I was really angry the day Louisa introduced you to me? Why? You were doing what I wanted to do, and I knew it then, deep down, and I didn't have the courage to do it myself, because the consequences were too great. The consequences meant you might end up where you are, and that scared me. It scared me that I wanted to be anything like you. That I was... Jealous of you. (laughs) What? (laughs) What?
11: You jealous of me. You know that we met before Louisa introduced us. We did? Briefly. I was barging out of third sight. I just found something. uh, Letters from my brother, including one that, that shouldn't have existed. And they freaked me out. And I rushed out the back door, and you were standing there as if you were waiting for me. You asked me something. I don't even remember what it was, but I ran away to Louisa, and you don't remember that, do you?
5: I remember it, but...
11: But you didn't realize it was me. Story of my life. People like you... You have others you can depend on, family you can come home to, loved ones who fill your life, who listen to you, understand you, but there's something about me just constantly tucked away into the corners of lives others don't notice.
5: Like a forgotten song.
11: What did you say? Forget it. I know what it is. The day your wife jumped onto the tracks and saved that kid in red line, made a name for herself, probably single-handedly won the referendum with one selfless act, I was there. I watched the whole thing. I had the same instinct. Jump down, help that dumb free runner, even after she did it. Jump down, help that poor pregnant woman. But I didn't. I froze. I stood there even after all the press had left and the train started running again. And that's when I realized I was a ghost. My family was gone. And without their lives to latch onto, without the courage to interact with the world, I was banished to the corners. Until I couldn't even make people pay attention when I was raving like a lunatic on the tee.
5: Your brother is paying attention.
11: Dimitri? I don't want him to. Do you understand? I used to be angry with him, used to convince myself that it was other people for the longest time. But it's not other people. It's nobody else. It's me. It's just me. And I can't stop being me. And I can't flick a switch and change whatever it is that makes it me.
5: (sighs) You know, having people in your life to listen and understand you, it doesn't make everything better. It doesn't necessarily make you feel less alone it often makes you lonelier. Because why should you feel that way? With loving people in your life, good, caring people. How could you? With a beautiful wife and child capable of so much warmth and understanding, people who would do anything for you. You're lonely with all that? What's wrong with you? How dare you feel alone? How fucking dare you? For a long time, I was looking for something I thought would make me feel less alone. Because once upon a time, it did. And then I lost it. And once I lost it, I felt like I fucked up. Like it was all my fault. And to be happy again? I needed it back. Because it would make everything better once I had it back. But do you know what happened? When I finally got it back? fucked up even more. I acted selfishly to the point where I pushed people away. To the point where I had to ask myself, how did this happen? It's about choices, right? Choices I've made. But sometimes choices don't feel like a choice. Sometimes they're just who you are. Is it the same with you?
11: Yes. Hmm. <laughs>
5: When I was a kid, I used to tape songs I liked off the radio. Casey Kasem, Top 40, Sunday Morning, Weird Wednesday on WBUR, Saturday Morning Show Tunes on ERS. Occasionally, I would get lucky, capture the whole song, maybe even two songs in a row I really liked. But sometimes, I'd only capture half a song or a quarter song, a handful of notes. And when I stopped recording... The DJ would cut in, and then I would record myself taking over, mimicking their voice.
11: What, what are you, how are you, how are you doing this?
5: From there, my brothers and I made radio shows, news programs, and I told my mother, this is what I want to do. I want to be on the radio. I want my voice out there, able to be heard, able to be discovered by others as a singer, as a performer. If not that, then a DJ, anything. I just want to be heard.
11: Stop. How are you doing this? Stop this. I don't like this. Stop this.
5: So I tried to be. I tried to act, perform, sing, dance. But it never felt good because... because I could never convince myself that anyone cared. My mother would come to my performances at school, chorus, guys and dolls, anything goes, but... When I asked her what she thought, she would say,
11: Why don't you be more like your older brother?
5: My older brother. He had a job by the time he was 11, a paper route. And then he bought out other paper routes with candy and comics, monopolizing the town and managing them himself to make them more efficient. He turned a profit. My younger brother, meanwhile, would run away from home, not because he was sad or angry. Not because he was fighting with my mother. No, he just couldn't stop reading in the library. He'd sneak in a tent and a giant flashlight and stay up all night reading about the great mysteries of the world.
11: You don't... you don't know me. This is...
5: So when my mother asked me to be more like my older brother, I pulled myself in both directions. Wanting to be a free spirit like my younger brother, but always tempered, by reality, always afraid to embrace the steps to get there, focusing more on what was practical, like my older brother. So I got some steady jobs sewing and repair shops, and I was pulled into both directions until the me I wanted to be no longer existed. And whenever the temptation came back to do something creative, I heard the voice of my mother saying saying
11: one aimless dreamer in our family is enough. Why are you doing this? How did you...
2: Gemma reached into her purse. Was she really going to... Was she... really
5: going to do this?
2: <sighs> Predictable. Not that it makes any difference at this point. Pawns need to be sacrificed to win the
5: game. I reach my hand out and slam the ball against the glass before I can change my mind. Because I know. I've been there. I've felt that way, too. And I see you. I see what you've been through. I understand.
11: Is that... Is that... Yes. How long? Too long. He's... He's not well. He wrote me and Dimitri and he said... I know. How could you?
5: The same way you could. The same way you did. I lost myself for a while there. And I'm so sorry. I'm so, so sorry.
11: You could see all that? He... He showed you... All of those memories?
5: He did. I'm not even sure it was intentional. But he did, and... Louisa tried to warn me once. We're too much alike. But seeing that made me realize just how wrong I'd been. Even before now. Before this. When I started at Third Sight, I figured I'd be there six months. I stayed there for 20 miserable years, until I crossed paths with magic and the form of your brother, and he showed me I could be something else, and that's what he and I want to show you right now, too.
11: It's... it's too late. It's too late for me. I'm here. I'm stuck. I can't... What if you could? Please tell me what he's saying. Please. Please.
6: Approaching brain tree hard station. takes bishop.
2: Castle Nine,
1: without the PM. stabilizing rook brain. takes bishop. That Castle means without st- the stabilizing is moved. That Ethan means a biology correctly. Brown studying a river biology. Brian Brown studying Brown hard.
6: Studying hard.
5: He doesn't. He doesn't. No, I'm not. he does not know i am not i am not sure what he's.
1: What's wrong with him?
5: He's been having a hard time.
6: A river. You need like, to like, tell someone tomorrow. Contact a someone at Wonderland been, and let them know um, about Ethan. The coffin. It's tell not me her no matter fault. But if is, we don't act soon, me. then tomorrow. A river. You need to tell someone tomorrow. Contact someone at Wonderland and let them know about Ethan. The coffin. It's not her fault. But if we don't act soon, then tomorrow. He's
5: saying it's not your fault, Nika. It wasn't your fault. He's saying he's going to help get you out of here. He's saying he's going to give you a choice again.
12: Excuse me, I am here to see Mayor Bespin.
0: Mayor Bespin is very busy. Are you on our sketch?
12: I am not.
1: Oh, yeah. That's gonna be tricky.
12: Do you know who this is?
1: He kind of looks like one of those things.
8: The uh, things?
1: That make the train go and drag people to jail and stuff?
8: Blasphemous tongues go numb but not silent. This is Ethan Bespin.
1: Okay.
0: <laughs> who are you?
12: Just tell Mayor Bespin that her husband is here to see her.
0: Yeah, but who are you? Mayor. Mayor what?
12: Just mayor. For now.
0: Okay.
1: You're excellent. There's a mayor and your husband here to see you. Ah! <laughs> wow. Never heard that sound from her before. You two must really be something. Ah! Yeah.
0: Ethan is here to see me? Yep, and a mayor.
12: Just mayor. Oh,
0: just mayor. Mayor who?
12: Just mayor.
0: Uh, just mayor, I guess. No who. Nobody is just named mayor. Hang on, I, I'm coming out. No, let them in. But not yet. No, just just let Ethan in.
12: We're going together. We have news to give her.
0: They're going together? They have... Yes, a- Kavlin, thank you. I can hear them through the intercom. Let
9: me hear my lovely coconut stuffed joy of almond boo boo there.
1: Hello, Emily. Ah! Mm-hmm. Didn't even know she had a husband. <laughs>
11: okay, okay, I'm not... Let them in. I'm not ready, but let them in.
0: Okay, go in, I guess.
11: Bye.
0: Ethan! You look like one of them.
12: Mmm, legion.
9: Yes. Sales, manager, lawyer.
12: Oh, no. But I contain aspects of them all. I am mayor.
9: Uh Uh-huh. Okay. And why are you here?
8: Ethan? The promised land is pulled to our feet without endless wandering. Emily, they're giving me Coney Island. It's in desperate need of rejuvenation, and we believe your husband is the man for the job.
9: A theme park just for you. Just what you've always wanted. Miles
8: of homunculus marble to carve into the David of amusement.
9: Marble or cheese? Ethan, what about the city?
8: You don't need it anymore. And that's
12: why I'm here. You leave it to me and slip off to your new paradise.
9: You think I've failed you, don't you? Because I didn't get you your wonderland?
8: The river can run backwards and calm banks never broken until the seas empty and billions of forms of life flop in wide-eyed desperation to make oxygen as a giant obelisk stretching to the heavens collects all the precious moisture for a great and terrible impending storm. I have been working on something remarkable, and I am so close. A calendar without days, a globe without orbit, a square without sides. We can be together again like we used to be if you just take my hand I,
9: I think oh of course I'll always take your hand he- he- oh Ethan I simply love your designs for Coney Island and I cannot wait to furnish our new home with simply the finest finery you deserve my fine partner I will cook the dinner and it will be hot when you return from your workshop and or laboratory. What cheesy dreams will you weave today, my love? I will be waiting. Oh, what what was that? I did not. What was that?
12: It's a prototype, but it's a game-changer. Your brilliant husband has developed it, combining his work in robotics and his experience with that cursed ball. This is just the beginning. The beginning, Emily. It could be our beginning again. The city will remain safely in Legion's hands once you abdicate and assign it to me.
9: This is what you want? You want me like we were in the beginning?
8: Our own private garden to tend to like a golden orange paradise.
9: Okay. Okay, Ethan, let me. let me think about it, okay?
12: Think? <laughs> What's there to. Yes,
9: think. I can still do that. I can still do that for now. Right?
8: Of course. I know you're unhappy here.
9: I am. I truly am. I don't remember the last time I was happy.
8: Memories are data slipped into tiny drawers of the mind. Let me program them for you.
9: I am not one of your creations. I'm your wife.
8: The obelisk churns into the earth like a firm worm searching the center. The way forward is back. Without programmers, programs fade. When I leave, if you don't come with me, be careful on these trains.
9: Are you?
6: Hello? Charlie? You there?
7: Of course I'm here. I'm Charlie and this is the MTA. Can't go nowhere else. Right. Hey, thanks for coming back, pal. Only one person came back for years and that was the missus. Then one day she stopped. Figured she probably got stuck in her own trolley car in the sky somewhere. Sure do miss her. And the sandwiches.
6: Speaking of, I have a sack of egg salad here for you from the best deli in town. Now we're talking. Anything the matter?
7: No, it's good. Thanks, kid. It's real good. You sure? Sure, I'm sure. It's just, you know, sandwiches ain't taste the same when you're dead. Nothing like being alive and ripping into a really good sandwich. I mean, don't get me wrong, this still tastes fine. Eggs, nice and fresh. Bread, soft on the inside. Good crunch on the outside. It's like I can't get full no more. I used to hate eating too much. Felt gluttonous, you know? You ever go to the beach and load up on pizza? And just lay in the sun like a beach-baking whale? Disgusting. But there was something nice about that feeling, too. Nice about the discomfort. Now that I'm dead, I realize that that was a big part of being alive. And then I sit and think, was I ever alive? I mean, sure, I'm a ghost, a ghost of a guy from a song. I can still taste how good my wife's roast beef was. Just tender and juicy. Mrs. On the MTA used to bake this delicious onion roll. She got the recipe from Lundy's before Lundy's was Lundy's. Whole house would stink of hot onions, but once I bit into that baby, you wouldn't find me giving it to No, sir. Fresh horseradish sauce, too. Wife used to pickle her own pickles. She was such a good cook, I swear to you, I can still taste it, years after we're dead. Now you tell me, Sonny, are those real memories? If I'm just some ghost of a guy from a song? What does that even
6: mean? I think... If you have those memories, they have to be real, right? Memories are how we learn and keep going. Keep going?
7: I ain't been going since I got stuck
6: here. So that throws your theory out of whack. Well... Maybe it's time to change that. Holy jangling jackpot. Where'd you get all them? I have a spare change jar with a sticker of Johnny Quest on it. Had it since I was little, saving up for adventures. So, how about it? Ready to become Charlie off the MTA? Yeah,
7: sure. Uh, Just let me enjoy a few more bites of the sandwich, you know?
6: Yep. No rush.
7: Hmm. I changed my mind. This is good, real good. How many others you brought with you? Three more. Help yourself to one.
6: That's okay. I had some go-gurt on the way down here. Go-gurt. Is that what they got to eat up there these days?
7: Just creamy dairy tubes? Like, sucking on a cow's udder for lunch? No thanks.
6: They're just handy for being on the go.
7: Not for me. I'd prefer to just take my time. Give me some staygurt. Serve it in a bowl with some fruit, maybe. I think that's
6: just called yogurt.
7: Yeah, I know it is, wise guy. I'm just saying. You young kids are always on the run with you. your on-the-go dairy. You gotta be careful, you know, unless so you get stuck somewhere for all of eternity. Are you okay, Charlie? Sure, sure I am. Just just saving the last of this egg salad. You know, nice and creamy. You a good, kid. Thanks for thinking of me. Not sure I can eat the other three, though.
6: Are you actually full? No, like I told you, that can't happen no more. Maybe you can bring them with you.
7: Yeah, 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 maybe. Not sure there'll be other sandwich opportunities after that, you know?
6: I'm sure there will be.
7: Oh, yeah? What makes you so sure? Uh, I'm sorry, but... So many people used to be sure of so many things. I used to be sure. I'd hop on the trolley every day to go to work, and look where it got me, huh? Even back then, i talked to people so sure of everything, and I wonder, where they get that from? Who walks around like they got all the answers? Because either they do, and they're not sharing them, or they're faking it, because... Because...
6: Okay. Okay, Charlie, you're right. I'm not sure... I'm not sure about the sandwiches.
7: <laughs> kid, it ain't the sandwiches, it's...
6: You're scared. You're scared to leave.
7: You know, I used to think how great it would be to be part of a song. People will always know me. As long as that song is sung, I'll be here. And sure, I'm stuck by myself, but being here is better than nowhere, you know? What happens if people forget to sing? What happens if people forget my song?
6: Huh. My sister said something very similar to me once. She had a dream that she lived inside a famous song. A song the whole world knew and would sing together. And she could feel it when they did. She lived forever, or close to it. But then, one by one, the song started to fade. Until everyone forgot it. And then it was nothing but a memory. And so was she.
7: That'll happen to all of us, won't it? That's really death, isn't it? Being forgotten?
6: I, uh, I, I don't know.
7: Neither do I. I take that nickel and leave, and who knows what's next for me. Is it the end? Do I stop being anything? Can I go anywhere I want? Do I go back to the song?
6: Does the song stop being sung? I have no idea. But isn't that exciting on some level?
7: You've never really been scared your whole life, have you? You just lumber forward with a thought of what you might stumble into, how you might impact others, how your next step could change everything. Is that it? Are you one of those? My brother Rocco was like that.
6: Yeah. I guess I'm a bit like Rocco.
7: You remind me of him. And kid, I wish I had that in me, but I don't. Now, what you got to realize is that it ain't so easy for people like me. It's not just a bag of nickels and a shove out the door. This may not seem like much, this haunted trolley house, but I know what it is. What comes next might excite you, but before I even get to imagine those frightening possibilities, consider this. i got two known options to wrestle with. One, those nickels work, or it don't. And I don't know which one of those options is worse.
6: For... For some reason, this makes me think of Nika... And I finally understand what she'd been trying to tell me weeks ago about staying in her cell. And I think of Leon and the fact that I just learned he was stuck in his own cell. And what did I do about that? I ran away. Into the tunnels, back into ghosts, into mystery. We all have our cells. And I'm so busy pretending I always run from mine to understand that... That's what it is. I stuff my hands deep into my jean pockets, feeling a flash of shame. And then my fingers brush up against something small, round, and cold. Those nickels won't work, but I know what will.
7: A token? But it's so tiny. Where'd you get that? My sister gave it to me. But first, I gave it to her. The sister with the song? The same. Why are you so sure it'll work?
6: Because... It's magic. There ain't no such thing as magic. Said the haunted trolley ghost to the guy who found Atlantis. Can I hold it?
7: Holy ghost, it is magic.
6: I can feel it. I think I can leave. Are you ready to try? What's out there for me, kid? Maybe nothing. Maybe everything. Maybe something in between but it won't be here. And I know that's scary, but you owe it to yourself to not be here for a while. You owe it to yourself to move on.
7: Hand me them sandwiches. Maybe the nickels, just in case I get stuck again. Sit there in the rear conductor seat. I think I'll go see how Jamaica plane has changed. That's where I'll go. Next stop, please. Whoa! Now all night long, Charlie rides through the station crying, what will become of me? How can I afford to see my sister in Chelsea or my cousin in Roxbury? Did he ever return? No, he never returned. So long, kid. Thanks for the token.
2: ...hadn't slept in over 24 hours. He was using his Legion assistant to try to gain more information... ...about what Ethan's departure would mean for Redline. His head all full of worries. I could stop him anytime I want. Eventually, I probably will. But for now... It's just too cute. I mean, look at him. Infernal
10: machine. Train 33. Lead car. 444
8: PM. 444 PM. Approaching Andrew Station inbound. To veer away from established established plans is unconscionable to me. A fact that may frustrate my friends. But But which never disappoints my
10: employers. Now, just what are you looking for? Infernal Machine, train seven, lead.
7: Four forty four
2: PM. Approaching Uh, Kendall Square, outbound. outbound. Fuck your process. Fuck your process. Oh my. We are bound to get some juicy complaints on that one. Infernal Machine train 13 lead
8: car 4.45pm PM. Ashmont outbound. outbound you can say no, you can say no. change, to change to here, here for to trolley to service to Mattapan you can do something,
2: else. Can do something else blast it <laughs> and just why are you so upset are you so desperate to be right that you're betting on disaster you exhausted little fool
6: come on Oliver
2: Infernal
10: Machine. Customers saying nope right now, including redline drivers. Please let me hear them one by one in quick
5: succession. Processing. Redline drivers are not customers.
10: Let me hear them anyway.
5: Processing. Subject, Brian
1: Brown.
10: Nope. Sorry. Gotta study.
1: Listen to you. Studying rather than heading to a party. You've changed, bro.
12: Yeah, for all the good it's doing
10: me. Next. Yo,
12: Johnson, do you like hot dogs? Wanna go out and grab a hot dog with Nope. My sister. My sister wanted to grab a hot dog with you. Totally not me.
10: Never me. I hate hot dogs. Next.
5: Processing. Subject Ethan Best. Dangerous
8: memory being the one Stomatis terminated himself with, accompanied by his uttering of a single word. Nope. I see.
12: What happens when someone isn't present to diffuse that particular memory?
10: Infernal machine, record this.
8: The dam overloads and floods the valley with negatives. And what does that do to the train? Not sure, actually, but the infused memories are connected across synthetic brains, which likely could manifest into widespread system collapse widespread trains go nope trains shut down trains go crash trains go boom how are you so sure the train we're on is the system became predictable after a while the next one should be tonight heading to braintree 7 pm braintree 7 pm the start of the yard goats game your words mean less to me than the lives cost to
12: science no wonder mr n warned me about this job but there are upsides to this for sure. We can uh, pin it on the terrorists. Nothing like a solid tragedy to secure our position. But what of your wife? Is she up to deal with the fallout? Emily will follow me if she knows. In what's- front of the
2: machine. Next. You can't stop it, Oliver. It's built into their tiny little brains. No,
8: nope. No. no. Nope. No. Nope. 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 Next stop, stop. Alewife. Alewife. Bus service. No. Nope. Nope. Last stop. Last Thank stop. Thank you line. for
12: riding in Red Line. It's
2: going to happen. And you're just one little worm of a man.
10: Okay. Right. Well, let's see what I can do. I'm sure there's something. Oh. Oliver West. Uh, no, no. Uh, I am Carrington Vanderbilt. Uh, B- was it? Right. Anywho, I have a letter for you. Have a good one. Got you. Got you. That's all it got gotcha! you. Ah! <laughs>
2: Greater Boston is created by Alexander Danner and Jeff Van Driesen with help from T.H. Ponder's Bob Ramunda and Jordan Stillman. Recording and technical assistance from Mark Harmon. This episode was written and sound designed by Jeff Van Driesen. Dialogue editing by Bob Ramunda. This episode features James Oliva as Michael Tate, Julia Propp as Luisa Alvarez, Josh Rubino as Bernie, Kelly McCabe as Nika Stamatis, Lydia Anderson as Gemma Linzer Coolidge, Rick Zeef as Mayor, Daisy Guevara as Kavlin. Jordan Higgs as Ethan Bespin and Cheese Robots, Sam Musher as Emily Bespin, James Johnston as Dimitri Stamatis, Eric Malinsky as Charlie on the MTA, Mike Linden as Oliver West, Braden Lamb as Leon Stamatis, Alexander Danner as the narrator, Bonnie Bogovich as Infernal Machine, Ian DePriest as Brian Brown, Sawyer Green as Frankie, Vinay Nariani as Yardgoat, and Jordan Cobb as Valiance Johnson. Charlie on the MTA recorded by Emily Peterson and Dirk Tiede. Snowbound by Adrienne Howard, Emily Peterson, and Dirk Titi. Drums by Jim Johansson. Portions of this episode were recorded at the bridge, sound, and stage with recording engineers Javier Lam and Alex Allenson. For news and updates, you can sign up for our newsletter. Link in the show notes. You can support Greater Boston on Patreon at patreon.com slash Boston. Greater Boston is a Third site Media production.
8: Okay. <laughs> it's, it's, this is not reality, but I was like... Hmm, I'm gonna read what's written here, because that's how this works, but... Skeletor left. Ah! The river can run backwards and calm banks never broken until the seas empty and billions of forms of life flop in wide-eyed desperation to make oxygen as a giant obelisk stretching... I lost it. Fuck, 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 fuck. Uh. <laughs> there's no period in here. It's <laughs> no, it's totally fine.
5: The
0: Fable and Folly Network. Where fiction producers flourish.
12: What kind of woman becomes a pirate?
7: From the makers of Mockery Manor.
12: Violent, insane, not at all comely, and they smell like a couple of dead badgers preserved in cheap rum.
7: Comes an adventure on the high seas.
5: Will you pay extra if I push (gasps) a
3: little harder? No, no, please. I'm just a writer. I'm writing a book, and I would like you to be in it.
7: Inspired by the lives and loves of the pirates Anne, Bonnie, and Mary Reed.
5: You think you know me, Anne? Do you think I never got my hands dirty?
12: Your mind's been so twisted. You think pirates deserve mercy?
5: Did either of you ever meet
8: Blackbeard? Everyone loves a rebel.
5: They love to see him swing too.
12: Put your weapons away, both of you.
9: <laughs> Stop it, you mates! <laughs> oh, oh,
12: oh, oh, Anne, and Mary. <laughs>
7: Or you'll hang like dogs. Starring Christina Bianco, Suze Kempner, Hamilton's Carl Queensborough and more.
1: Do they have tails? Somebody told me they have tails.
7: Oh, I haven't seen a tail, your ladyship. The Ballad of Anne and Mary. Available now wherever you get podcasts.